Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Upstatus podcast. Steph here, and I'm super excited to welcome Amanda Bryan, New Zealand's Eat Well for Less nutritionist to the podcast today. Welcome, Amanda, and thanks so much for being here. Kia ora, Steph. Thanks so much for having me along. So although some of you may know Amanda from the Eat Well for Less TV show, she does have her hand in a few other fights. If you are a fangirl of Amanda, you can actually find her at Les Mills as she instructs a number of group fit classes across Auckland. Um, and Amanda's main gig, however, is the work she does in the workplace wellbeing space um, for Kainga Order. So now, Amanda, we all love a good TV show, but for those that have no clue about what Eat Well for Less is, could you please tell us a little bit about what it is? Sure. So it is based on a UK format and essentially it's um, about helping households understand a bit more about their eating behaviours and how they could eat better from a nutrition perspective, but also save money because food, you know, it's always been kind of an expensive item. And at the moment, it's getting more expensive each month with inflation and global supply chain issues. So uh, yeah, I think it's something that lots of people are probably wanting to um, make an improvement in. Yeah, this inflation, right, it's just hitting us from every direction, it feels. So is it aired, has it been on TV and it's now finished and now on TV on demand or how does it Yeah. Work? Yeah, so there's been three New Zealand series. So we've um, just finished airing series three and they're all available on TV and Z On Demand. Cool. Awesome. And how many episodes do you pop up as as a nutritionist? Because he's like Michael Vander Alzen, he's like a bit of a chef on there. And then Yeah, so the the two hosts are Michael Vander Alzen. So he has been on um, Kiwi TV shows for a while. He had his food truck garage where he would go around the country um, teaching people, particularly children, how to make um, healthier versions of um, takeaways. And then there's Ganesh Raj, who is the other host. So he's a really well-known restaurateur and foodie. Cool. And then how many episodes, if people want to come and find your episodes, are you on a certain, like what episodes do you feature on? So in series three, there were 10 households that featured and I was in eight episodes. Um, they also have other mm -hmm. experts on the show as well. So there's Kate Meads, who's a food waste expert. So as we know, like nutrition and waste sustainability, they're really interlinked. And then in other series of Eat Well for Less, there have been um, other dietitians that have featured. So um, Mafi Fanaki, who is a Pacifica dietitian, and then Angela Burrell, who was in the first series. Yes, that's right, that's right. Cool, awesome. So Amanda, when you and I spoke previously, I picked up that you had to audition to get appointed this role on Eat Well for Less, which makes sense. And I've been wondering what the TV producers actually got you to do as part of the audition. Like I'm picturing they put you in a kitchen, have you beside a bowl of this free kiwi fruit and you're rattling off the nutrition benefits or while smiling into the camera. But... I don't know, like, what did, what did I get you to do? 
So it was a little bit different to that. So it was not set in a kitchen. It was in a black darkened room <laughs> with lights and a camera. Um, essentially it was in a TV studio and what they um, got us to do was they provided us with um, a list of grocery items so we could study them, check out their nutritional value. And then a couple of the team pretended that they were, you know, a household that wanted some help in terms of nutrition. So they pulled out some of the items from the grocery basket and just asked questions and we kind of had a bit of a conversation talking about you know some of the benefits maybe some of the things to be mindful of with these foods um, looking behind the marketing that's a really big one um, people often buy foods and products because of the price or the promotional value but really what we need to you know try and focus on is the the fine print which is a little less exciting but you know more important like the ingredients list the nutrition information panel so we kind of delved into all of that oh nice and did you know that you were going to be doing that or was it just like surprise this is what you're doing yeah so yeah, so with the audition, they, yeah, it did, it kind of felt a little bit out of the blue just getting contacted. And I was actually like a huge fan of the UK show in the first series in New Zealand. So it was like, yeah, super stoked to even be considered. And yeah, I wasn't really prepared for the, the the TV environment. Like I've done a lot of presentations to large groups as many nutritionists and dietitians out there would have done it as a big part of our job. But TV is totally different. Like you're not looking at people, you've got all these bright lights on you, this camera. Yeah, it was it felt quite unnatural. <laughs> yeah, and you would have felt more and more comfortable as you went along, which which would have helped. Oh, awesome. Well, they obviously loved you. They picked you for the role. Massive well done on that. So what was the most kind of surprising or unexpected part of Eat Well for Less? I guess it's just, um, you know, when you watch things at home, you know, it seems like it's pretty flash. There was probably a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, but I think you probably people, most people wouldn't realize how much work and time goes in behind the scenes, even things like setting up all of the lighting, the sound. Um, it probably takes about an hour to film a segment that when it goes on TV is only about three minutes long because you might have to shoot it at different angles or you might stutter or say something <laughs> wrong and so you have to do a retake and then there's even like things like zooming in on different things so when the editors come to piece it all together like there's a real craft to doing that and remembering which hand you use to point at something because they want to zoom in on that and make sure you're using the same hand so there's that continuity when it all gets pieced together so yeah that was really fascinating um being behind the scenes seeing how much equipment and all of the technical stuff. And yeah, it's a fantastic team on Eat Well for Less NZ. They do an amazing job. They really care for the households that are on TV. And yeah, there've been some really amazing outcomes. So yeah, it's pretty special to be part of. Amazing, awesome. Now, no matter who we are, we are always looking to save a dollar or two where we can. You know, rich people, they're always after a bargain too, right? So do you have a secret bargain that you can let us in on when it comes to purchasing nutritious foods? Something that you think that people might really not know about? I think a lot of the time when, you know, people think of nutrition, healthy eating, it is the fresh stuff that immediately springs to mind. And 
you know, that gets a lot of the marketing hype of that's what we need to be eating. But actually, the frozen, the tinned alternatives from a nutritional perspective, they've got a, essentially the same nutritional value. And actually, some of our stuff that is fresh, it may not be as fresh as you think, because as soon as we pick fruits and vegetables, they start to leach nutrients, so they lose a bit of quality. And if something is, you know, picked overseas, it goes on a long transportation journey, sits in a warehouse for a while, then in the supermarket for a while, and then gets to your house, it actually might not be as fresh as you think. But with um, the frozen and tinned alternatives, they are picked straight away, and then, you know, all those nutri nutrients are snap-locked into them in that freezing, that canning process. So, you know, a lot of that is retained. So I think, you know, there's a bit of a stigma behind to frozen and tin stuff when there really doesn't need to be. Awesome. Great. Okay. And then, as we also know, Amanda, being nutritionists, plenty of New Zealanders and Australians, they're not reaching those fruit and vegetable targets that are set. And I mean, why would you? There's, we've got cheese scones on tap, microwavable meals, noodles can be prepared in two minutes. So, Amanda, if I had $10 to spend on fruit and vegetables right now, what should I be buying? So, in other words, like, what are my cheapest fruit and veg at the moment? So, it can be a bit tricky at the moment because some of the things that we would expect to be cheaper, because traditionally at times of year, there are things that come into season, so they're more abundant. Because some of the global events that are happening, like conflicts overseas, pandemic disrupting our supply chain, even weather events, some of the things that are traditionally cheaper that we would recommend aren't necessarily. So something like cabbage, which is normally one of the, the cheaper vegetable options, which is super versatile, you can use it in stir fries, um, coleslaw, put it in dumplings, lots of stuff. Like, actually, that's not that cheap at the moment. I went to the supermarket earlier today. A cabbage was $8. And, you know, you used to be able to get a cabbage for, what, like 3 or $4. But um, it's not all doom and gloom. Carrots are another good option, another uh, more affordable option, and they're actually pretty affordable at the moment. So it is a bit tricky. So at the moment, I would probably prioritise frozen like frozen mixed vegetables um you can get a real variety there if um, time is not always your friend like me um then you don't have to spend as much time preparing them you can just open a bag add them to a stir fry a pasta i don't know any type of dish and make sure you're getting that variety they also don't go off as quickly so i would probably be prioritizing frozen and tin stuff at the moment and then you know if things are a good price like carrots adding them in as well excellent okay great so here at status we do love a good plant protein so let's shift to that direction so what do you think in terms of nutrition and price when it comes to a plant protein versus that of an animal protein so how would you weigh them up yeah, so the whole move to plant-based diets, that's a bit of a hot topic at the moment. And yeah, questions nutritionists and dietitians probably get asked a lot of the time. So yeah, meat can be more expensive. From a nutritional perspective, meat, particularly red meat, a really great source of iron. Um, it's more absorbable in those red meats, but you know, you do pay that price for it. And then you're also weighing up, you know, there's some other nutrients we need to be mindful of. So saturated fat. So that's something to consider. But I think, you know, in the Kiwi diet, I'm not as sure about the Australian diet. 
Um, beans and lentils are pretty underrated and they're a plant-based form of protein and a benefit of them, not only price, they actually provide dietary fiber as well. We can't get that from animal sources and most New Zealanders are lacking in dietary fiber. That's really important, not only to keep us full, but for our gut health. And that's another um, area in nutrition where there is a lot more research and yeah, the benefits of that are a bit underrated. Awesome. So when you say, um, I think you said legumes, do you say legumes? Yeah. Um, what would be? I don't know the right way of saying it. And when I watch myself back on Eat Well for Less, I'm like, is it legumes or legumes? Did I oh, say? I say, I say oh. legumes. Yeah. Legumes. Potato, potato, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yogurt, yogurt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so for those listeners out there, they're like, what the heck are legumes? Um, so lentils, chickpeas, broad beans. What's like your favourite one? Yeah, kidney beans. Yeah, probably my staples are things like I quite like to whip up Mexican style food because that's quite another quick one. So things like kidney beans, black beans. Um, yeah, they're always my staples. Chickpeas are really great. Like I've even, you know, been embracing eating them a bit more raw. So just, you know, rinsing them out of the tin. They can be really great just to add on top of a salad. Um, yeah, lentils are another one that I would always have in my cupboard as well. And, you know, a benefit compared with meat. Meat, you have to be really careful in terms of food safety. So how we're storing it, how we're cooking it and preparing it. But with um, beans and legumes, tin. Or you can buy them dried and they're even cheaper. But you need to be more organized because for um, some of them, you do need to soak them and rehydrate them. So yes. that's why I prefer to have the tin version. So you don't have to worry about that. Oh, I need to just try raw out of the can chickpeas. Like I don't think I've done that before, but that's a great idea. If you think about it, like hummus is pretty much mashed chickpeas. Mashed but, chickpeas, um, yeah. Yeah, they can be quite good just on top of like a roast vegetable salad with um, maybe some feta or something, even yeah. nuts and seeds. Yeah. Again, nuts herbs and, and seeds. They, yeah, herbs and spices. Yeah, so. Awesome. Okay, there you have it, legumes. Yeah, that's definitely something we'll be talking a lot about um, on this Upstairs podcast. So, Amanda, our last question for you. This is something that I'm really keen to ask all nutritionists and dietitians that I have on the Upstatus podcast. What is something that you have learned as part of your nutrition journey so far that has made you go, wow, so your most wow nutrition moment or, or fact that you would love to pass on to the listeners? I, it's a bit of a scary question. Uh, um, if, if you've thought of anything. It is. And I have thought long and hard about this. And I was like. I did give this to Amanda previously. Because I was like, hey, I need to give her pre-warning. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah, I would have been a deer in the headlight otherwise. Um, yeah, so I did think back. I was like, you know, what were those standout lectures at uni? Or what are those things I've learned, like, over the last few years? But I don't know. It's kind of a bit boring. I think when it comes to nutrition, people are always looking for that superfood, that super nutrient that is going to like be the cure-all. But you know, what all the evidence says is there's no one food, there's no one food group that is going to like really enhance your health. It is about variety in the diet. So I guess that's just really my key message take home fat effect is it is about variety. So making sure you are getting your nutrition 
from multiple sources, not just relying on having the same thing day in and day out. And, you know, being in the fitness industry as well, I do see a lot of that, a lot of that meal prep where people are having the broccoli, chicken and rice every single day, thinking that's a really good thing. But actually, like, you know, with gut health and everything, there's evidence that's showing, you know, we need to eat 30 different types of plant a week to really fuel our microbiome. So I'm not really sure if it's a wow fact. No, that is <laughs> amazing variety, diversity, <laughs> variety. Yeah. I love it, love it. But you're right, like I think the whole broccoli, chicken, rice thing, it helps someone narrow down and really, you know, consume less calories because that's what that's what they want. They want to probably lose weight and that's the way that they do it. But like you say, they're missing out on a whole bunch of other health benefits when you're um, eating in that way. Yeah, and I don't know, another thing, I don't know if this is too complicated, but I remember at uni, it's just how complex nutrition as well. I remember some weeks you'd learn about um, the benefits, for example, of meat, but then a couple of weeks later you'd learn about, you know, some of the other considerations around heart health or if you're um, cooking it at too high a heat, then it's got like potential for carcinogens and things like that. So I think that's what's always struck me about nutrition as well that it is really complicated and often people get their advice from influencers or other people that haven't studied and don't have a scientific background like we do. So I don't know if that's more a cautionary tale, but that was just something that struck me at uni. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like so complicated. There's so much to weigh up. A hundred percent. Yes. And when someone else, like you said, that does not have that nutrition background is doing that and they're on the, you know, the internet void, um, it makes it even harder and even more confusing. So Amanda, thank you so, so much for your time today. Um, and thank you so much for serving the New Zealand community in the way that you do with your nutrition and health expertise and enthusiasm. It's not easy to put yourself out on the big screen um, and you've embraced it and no doubt grown a lot along the journey. Um, and like I said, if you want Amanda's autograph, just join Liz Mills and get to her classes. <laughs> um, Amanda, if someone wants to reach out to you or learn more about what you're up to, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Ah, uh, sure. So I have a little Instagram account. It's called um, Amanda.8. So A-T-E, like eight something. So not the number, but, you know, the eating, kind of a play on words. So, yeah, at yeah, Amanda8. Like you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda, and we will see you soon. Kakite.